This is the Conscious Economics Podcast. Your co-hosts are two women who found themselves in careers on Bay Street, but decided that there was something missing. So here we are. I'm Rhiannon Roseland. I'm your co-host and the CEO of the Economic Club of Canada. I'm also the co-founder of Conscious Economics. Hi, I'm Asil, the CEO of Conscious Economics and a financial therapist. Now, we call ourselves economic healers, and that is a term that I'm sure nobody has heard before, but we really believe that if we want to heal our systems and create a more equitable society, it starts with actually healing our relationship with money and the economy. When you join us on this podcast, you'll be exposed to courageous conversations that help us examine, heal, and redefine the relationship we have with money. Join us on this journey as we co-create a new economy together. What's up, everybody? This is your co-host, Asil, for another exciting podcast with my co-host. My name is Rhiannon, and our podcast is called Conscious Economics. And of course, we're going to be talking about another interesting money topic today. And this one is a tough one. It's money crisis. When we get into an absolute low point financially, these can be brought on from a number of different scenarios. And so we're going to get into talking about them a little bit, what they are, and how we can better cope with them. Absolutely. And there's different elements that contribute to our financial low points. It could be individual circumstances, but it could also be macro level uh, in which the collective economical situation around us is bad and therefore our situation is impacted by it. So let's explore both angles and I'm thinking let's start with a personal one first. Mm -hmm. Um, So essentially a lot of transitions in life sometimes lead to a financial crisis, whether it's a divorce, uh, a disease, uh, a job transition, moving to a new country, uh, all these personal transition points. Business failure business failure of course Mm -hmm. Uh, so let's explore that together we first um what kind of experience do you have with money unfortunately i have uh i have a few too many but i went through a divorce and it was an incredibly difficult financial time and on top of that because i was an entrepreneur and a business owner and because psychologically I was going through so much with the divorce and financially going through so much with the divorce my business also started to suffer because I wasn't able to be as present and focused and so not only was I going through the financial crisis on that side but then business started to suffer and it was just like a snowball and all of a sudden the sort of doom and shame and all of the old sort of beliefs that I had really tried to work through started to really rear their head. And that made me just start to watch myself slide backwards. And it was impacting my health, my sleep, my relationships. It was really one of the worst feelings that I've ever had. And I thought at one point that I might have to declare bankruptcy. I didn't end up having to. Luckily, I held on and I was able to turn things around, but it was not it was not okay. It was not a, a, a very good time in experiencing that and going through that. You know, I really told myself that I was never going to end up in this situation again. And I was going to try to make a concerted effort to make changes in my life so that I wouldn't be there again. But really only about a year and a half later, I found myself in another 
total money crisis when the pandemic hit. Uh, because again, being in at the time, my core uh, business was focused on live events. And when the pandemic hit, of course, there's digital events now. But in the beginning, nobody really was wrapping their mind around any of it. People were just so scared and everyone just pulled and canceled everything. And we had made a major investment in another project and it was just terrible timing. Like, how could you ever prepare that, you know, all your book of business would just be sort of wiped out. And so I found myself in this situation again. Now this time, and I do think there's such a thing as like culminative stress. Mm -hmm. So like I've been through an earth-wrenching situation. My whole nervous system has been frazzled. I've gotten through it. Now I'm back here again. I was like, I don't know if I have the energy, the strength, and the will to get through this again and to do it. And it was really, really a scary time where I was emotionally kind of all over the place and I remember one specific instance I was speaking to one of our sponsors who was trying to kind of work out if they were going to be able to still support us during the pandemic and I was expecting that they were going to come in in a more significant sort of spot and then when they mentioned the area that they were most comfortable with which was like nowhere near what we needed in order to be able to kind of continue I just lost it like on the phone and I started crying. My voice started breaking up and I couldn't even get an answer or a word out. And I was so embarrassed that I had just lost my cool completely with this client that I didn't even have that deep of a relationship with, to be quite honest. And it was one of the lowest moments in my history in my career and I can get into others because I watched obviously family members go through complete financial crisis I had a few of my uncles end up showing up on my grandmother's doorstep like later in their lives because of losing everything to gambling losing their marriage so it really was something that was a pattern that I watched family members go through and now I was experiencing it. And there's just so much shame and guilt and so, so many aspects and stigma that's associated with even the thought that you would have to declare bankruptcy. And again, somehow <laughs> didn't. And, you know, I'm still here today. But I have to say that um, it's it's really, really scary and hard when you hit those rock bottoms. And um, we all... <laughs> I think we all know somebody who's experienced something like that if it's yes. not ourselves. Absolutely. And this is why this is obviously a very hard topic to explore. And we honor wherever you are on your journey. So if this podcast is triggering you for any reason, we do invite you to take a pause, to listen to it when you're ready um, and to reflect on not just the situation that you're in financially, but all these emotional patterns and belief systems that are really bubbling underneath this fact because chances are and we're gonna get into your story a bit more deeper here when you really not address the root cause of the issue the pattern itself will continuously perpetuate in your life you mm -hmm. said you were in a situation you thought you got over the hump and year and a half or two later you're again s facing something similar mm -hmm. so I'm really curious to has this pattern been something that you grew up witnessing around you or what are some some of the beliefs that you started uh, identifying that were really at the bottom of mm -hmm. what these patterns yeah, are? yeah it definitely was something that I watched happen and I think that there was a belief deep down inside that I have this 
disease in me. Like it's like, it's part of my DNA. Like my family has struggled and suffered with these crises and money. And that no matter how hard I try, I too will bear that burden. And it really started to make me do a lot of research into, you know, my lineage and just, it was really interesting actually. So this was when I wrote the article in the Globe and Mail that Mm. you ended up um, connecting with me over because I realized that I had post like financial PTSD and not just from growing up in a household of low income and all of the different pieces that contribute to that, but these financial crises can leave us with post-traumatic stress. And Mm -hmm. it was interesting when I started to kind of look back and do a little bit more digging into my family, I found uh, some old newspaper articles that had been written about my grandfather. And my grandfather was a very successful airplane engineer. He worked for de Havilland and he was, you know, a very successful career man. And he had his own circumstances that led him into bankruptcy. And because he was a famous inventor and known, it was actually written in the newspaper. And they literally had like his name, like famous inventor goes bankrupt in the newspaper. And as I was sitting on the precipice of, you know, what my business was facing, and I've been someone who's been a public figure. I've been all in the news and, you know, award winning. And then I thought, wow, is this really going to repeat itself generationally that, you know, there could be an article about me with that word and my name there? It's really quite emotional. And so I started to really first honor the struggle that he went through and honor also the fact that I needed help. And that it wasn't just about the pandemic or it wasn't anything else that I truly, truly could not keep running from the fact that I have issues when it comes to money and that I've cultivated this pattern of just extremes and that I was going to continue to repeat that cycle if I didn't start to think about that. And, you know, I've had different issues that I've dealt with in my life before, but debt addiction is a real thing. And it's um, it's something that I think is really shameful. Uh, people don't want to associate it with it. People probably hearing even this probably don't even want to hear this. It's like icky to even talk about. Um, but I really just want to say that I've been there. I've been at the bottom um, and I know what it feels like um, and I know the shame that's associated with it and that's why we're here to do this podcast yes. to build these resources I wholeheartedly so value your vulnerability always anytime you share because these topics can really be brought to light when we reflect on how they show up in our lives really and you're always very generous with your stories and and the vulnerability um, which helps everyone listening to this to open up in their own life and and become honest about these things that are happening because chances are if we're if they go unaddressed like I was saying earlier they're gonna be always these emotional patterns are always gonna find ways in which they surface again and again and again until they are addressed and healed and that's why intergenerational trauma is a thing because these things are passed down to our generate from one generation to the other subconsciously um, especially because once we become familiar with something then it becomes that much more uncomfortable to change from it not because the change we desire is not good for us but because unfamiliar means unknown and unknown means scary so essentially a new financial pattern or a new financial situation 
creates all these changes along the way that are unknown to you. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you repeat the same patterns that you grew up witnessing Mm -hmm. uh, just because it's familiar. Mm -hmm. And familiar means I know what to expect and my nervous system is trained to deal with it. Yeah, 100%. And if I think, I mean, my grandfather was the example, but my grandma too, my grandmother was such a community person. She was so well-loved everywhere that she went. And a couple of blocks up from where she lived was a plaza like a series of stores and she had these tabs so like every all the store owners loved her so much that she would have these accounts going with them and so she would have like the convenience store for instance she had an account going so they'd have a little receipt tally of all the things that she was going to pay when she got Mm -hmm. her pension check or whatever it was but she was really owing people money all the time and taking on a lot of that. And there were times when I know it was getting kind of overwhelming. She always ended up figuring it out, but it always was this big struggle of how we're going to do it and how we're going to figure it out and how we're going to balance it. And despite the fact that my circumstance is entirely different than hers, I was watching some of these patterns show up again. So it's so unbelievable when it's happening. And I think the biggest thing that happens, especially with intergenerational trauma, because we almost grow up despising that behavior and we want nothing but to be the opposite of it. And when we actually become it, that's the crisis point. Mm -hmm. You know, that's the breakdown in identity. That's the moment though of also consciousness yes because all of a sudden we look in the mirror and we realize and all of a sudden I say okay not only am I doing this because I don't want to live this way I'm actually doing it for her too I'm doing it for my grandfather I'm doing it for the lineage of my family Mm -hmm. and that gives me new courage to step forward and say I'm going to heal this on behalf of all of us so that I don't pass this back down um, to my children and you know it's that takes work and I can't say that I'm fully healed I'm it's a process of course yeah it it is for me as well like I I always say this even though financial therapy is the work that I do so so lovingly it's still sometimes me having to look in the mirror and and recognize how these things show up even like earlier today I was telling you I went to get my wedding dress altered yeah and like on the way to the office I was thinking oh I need to buy a steamer and I was talking to my mom about buying a steamer and she was coming with all these different resourceful ways of how we can get away without having to buy a steamer because that's that was my childhood having to always be resourceful not to occur this unnecessary purchase I remember instantly feeling the sense of anger like I wanted to punch a wall and I literally pulled my phone and went on Amazon right away to order a steamer right that second because I wanted to prove that we're no longer in that scarcity like now I can buy a fucking steamer if I wanted it and and but I realized like as I like I was literally about to press uh, process the payment when I just held my horses and thought like what is this all about like where did this anger come from and and my trauma comes with really living a lot in that similar scarcity perspective and always having to feel that we don't have enough like we have to be resourceful and it takes a lot of mental space when you have to be resourceful about always having to figure out a way to navigate through life challenges Mm -hmm. and I remember we hit rock button when we immigrated to Canada and like uh, my dad went back 
home and my mom literally had to go to the government and say i don't know where i'm gonna be in two weeks Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like we literally had two weeks to figure out where we're gonna live Mm -hmm. and that whole transition um from trying to find a new place to being in a new country she didn't even speak the language and we were all in high school still Mm -hmm. Uh, that I think till this day, sometimes there's lingering effect of Mm -hmm. that because of that, like, what would I do if I was ever in that situation again, where the roof on top of your head is no longer Mm -hmm. uh, a stable place per se. So these are like some of the lingering traumas in my story, but um, this is how it shows up today. And in the most insignificant places, sometimes it's like, uh, trying to rebel against that uh, feeling and, and it obviously is very helpful to infuse mindfulness and compassion anytime you're expressing that um, because it, it's a journey. Yeah, 100%. Hold that thought. We have a quick word from our partners before going back to the episode. This podcast is brought to you by our sponsor, RBC Investees. Backed by expert human advisors, RBC Investees is a smart, online, automated investment service that allows you to invest with low effort and low cost. Open your first RBC Investees account and pay no management fees for your first year. Plus, start investing with as little as $100. Simply visit rbcinvestees.com slash getinvesting and sign up using promo code AA407. And now back to the episode. When people find themselves in these scenarios where they're in a money crisis, mm-hmm. um, and really it's with anything in life, when we hit this rock bottom moment in our lives, it is an actual moment of awakening. Yes. It's a moment where we can actually pattern interrupt and create something new because we now, it's like you you can't deny, you can't run from it anymore, like you really are there. I'm thinking about the famous comedian Norm MacDonald who just passed away actually uh, recently for those of you that that knew Norm and he was admittedly a huge gambler and he had this really interesting and he also was you know a very famous comedian so he would gamble literally everything away and then he'd get booked for you know a major show and make another million dollars and so he was in this really rough pattern and he said something like there's nothing more liberating than the first coffee the morning after you've lost it all and he you know I think what he intended by that is that when we hit the actual wall there's nowhere else you can go. There's no, there's nothing else you can do either than sit in the circumstance and figure out the solution out of it. And there is something liberating about that moment as opposed to hiding or running or making the excuse. It's like, it just is what it is. Yeah. I hit the wall. Yeah. Um, when I actually was researching some tips to share with you today about how to overcome financial crisis, a lot of the stuff I was finding online is very practical, like creating a budget, consulting with a professional, um, and all these things are absolutely important and, and prioritizing your goals and creating all these different logistical ways to navigate these tough times absolutely granted but what's really important and usually missed from this conversation which is why financial therapy is a is a transformational way of looking into these areas is truly incorporating the emotional and psychological components in that process as well because there's emotional wounds underneath these behaviors that are not being addressed and facing that and making space for that to be healed is an important like 
you're at the rock bottom already, might as well face it because even if you find ways to navigate the next few months or years with money that you find, that particular crisis is going to sh- resurface in your life if the emotional wound underne- underneath it is not uh, addressed. And this is really something that's important to talk about here because uh, that's what's usually missed from the conversation. We don't associate or uh, even understand that some of our financial circumstances have very different emotional root cause mm-hmm. behind them. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's important. To well, think and I would have never, ever thought that my situation, like I, I never made the correlation because my situation in my, the way I made it different was I had done so much work so that I could have a steady flow of money coming in to not be like my family or to not be in the circumstances of my family. But again, with that flow of money that was coming in, there was guilt and shame because of, again, the rooted belief systems that were in my household that like wealth was bad or, you know, the the things that we tell ourselves so that we can make ourselves feel okay for the circumstance that we're in. And it was always, always indoctrinated into me, you know, poor people are good people and hardworking people sometimes just have to do what they have to do to get by and all of these things. And so I had a mixture of all of these neuroses Mm -hmm. that developed into my own interesting way that I ended up in the same scenario, kind of different if you look at it from the outside, but the underlining pieces were all Mm -hmm. very, very much the same. And yeah, yeah. so one of the things I would add here, because I want to really provide you with some tools is to create certain uh, habits and, and this would take time and I do recommend you seek a professional to support you on that journey. So to create certain things to address your past, certain uh, things to address your present and certain things to address your future. And by that, I mean, um, one of the exercises I actually created to my client last year is I asked her to go and interview her parents to understand their money story and their money behavior, which gave her so much awareness and understanding to her own um, and, and bringing awareness by journaling by you know interviewing your parents and different practices like that even writing a money inventory of all these different things that are not checked off that are just on your shoulder whether it's emotional burdens or or debts or things that you're just not dealing with so all these different things help us understand what is the past that is currently seeping into the present situation. And then from a present perspective, that's where the practical pieces are helpful. Like that's when you create a budget and you consult with professional, maybe it's a debt consolidation agency, maybe it's a financial planner, um, maybe it's really with your banker and, and looking into the options that you have. And that's where more the practical pieces are key. But the, the second part of that, and this is where mindfulness and consciousness comes in play it's really when we want to start creating that future so that we can start creating a vision that we want to grow into um and so that the, there's a long step to to do and wh- what i find is frustrating about the typical financial planning tools is it's just a present situation it's not addressing the past it's obviously none addressing of it's the future. talking about the emotionality yeah. of it and and that that is actually the driving force yeah like if it was just about a budgeting tool or if it was just about, you know, <laughs> writing your expenses down on a piece of paper, yeah. it would be a lot easier to solve. But when these things are embedded in our generational patterns, in our, you know, emotional trauma. patterns, trauma, it's extremely 
interlayered and interwoven. And I think that so many of us, whether we're experiencing it right now ourselves or, or we don't realize that we are, so many of us have this financial trauma within our, our lineage, you know, whether it's the history of racism or colonialism or all of these different aspects that show up that um, are rooted back down into money. Yes. Mm -hmm. So um, this is our invitation for you is to start reflecting on how these issues show up in your life. And you don't have to like you don't have to hit rock button to start asking these questions. Like when you hit rock button, you don't have a choice but to start asking. How do you say (laughs) she's saying rock button, which is a new thing. I'm in rock button um, or rock bottom. There's some words I will always like mess up. Uh, Button and bottom like. English, come on, why is it so hard? <laughs> Another one is coach and couch. I never got that right. Coach and couch? Yeah, Well, always. since you kind of coach people, yeah, you I know. I need should to, probably I, work I, on I that one. I could be a financial couch. <laughs> <laughs> you could, but that would be an interesting sort of a role. Um, that would be so funny. Yeah. Um, having said Can you that... you wear a velvet outfit if you do it? <laughs> goodness mm. uh, we try to be as raw as possible so this part is likely not to be edited um and to go back to our invitation to wrap up this episode is really to start asking these questions before you hit rock bottom very good yes so on that note we just want to let you know that if you are suffering struggling at all and need some resources or support conscious economics does have a number of um, uh, opportunities for you Uh, the economic healing sessions are the financial therapy sessions that are run by a seal so you can definitely find out more about that on our website and of course our mindfulness and money program Um, and reach out to us we are here if you're struggling if you have a story that you want to share or tell um let us know the more yeah. we can be honest and open and build community around these things the more we can get to that conscious economy and we're continuously expanding our offering and and really taking your feedback into consideration so the things that you need are truly something we take um very seriously so we can incorporate them into future programming so uh, we look forward to hearing your stories your feedback and obviously very much grateful for your support take see care. you next time This podcast is brought to you by CPP Investments. At CPP Investments, they never lose sight of the long term. They invest the Canadian Pension Plan Fund to help provide financial security for generations of Canadians. They diversify the CPP fund across geographies and asset classes to access the best investment opportunities and generate sustainable long-term returns. The fund is now more than $400 billion. To learn more about their investment performance for Canadians, visit cppinvestments.com.